Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, yesterday was kind of a long episode. There was a lot to discuss and to get through. I try and make today's on the shorter side because we really just have to summarize everything we've discussed up to this point and sort of tie it all together. And so that's what I I hope that we can do uh, in today's episode. Now, as I ended yesterday's episode, we sort of alluded to this idea that when we look at an example out of scripture like the Canaanites, and why those children would be allowed to die. Yes, there was some moral responsibility that they bore uh, as because they took part in some of those Canaanite practices, but there's also this idea outside of them even is the adults in and around their culture who put them in this situation. or And, and then those children, some of them who grew up to become adults, who would then put other children, their own children perhaps, in some of these same situations. And so there is very much a cycle of abuse that we see happening in this example of, from the Old Testament. But also when I mentioned yesterday, like for instance, the the car accident that kills a child, whether it's a, a drunk driver or whether it's someone who just isn't paying attention while they're driving and, and a child dies as a result of that, there are moral choices uh, that are at play there from people other than just the children. So when we look at examples, for instance, of of a household accident where a child gets into poison and, and drinks poison under the cupboard that was left unlocked, and and other examples like it, the idea here that I'm kind of getting at is that we need to come full circle back to this idea of free will and freedom. That I think if we consider it, again, not all, but in a large, large capacity, the amount of death that we see in the world, but also with regard to children specifically, can be either directly or indirectly laid at the feet of human freedom. That the free choices that others made either contributed to the death or directly caused the death of a child in many, many cases. Now, we also have the natural evil side of things to talk about as far as death and disease goes, but even that, I would argue, can ultimately find itself traced back to a moral choice in the sense that when Adam and Eve chose to fall and to rebel against God and to make that that choice to sin in the garden, and with it came physical death, that the, basically all physical death is a result of sin, and sin is a moral choice. So I, I want to just put that idea out there because I think it is, a, it is an important idea and a, a key element to consider when we think about the, the, the death of children in the world is often there are other people making free choices, not good ones, mind you, but free choices that can directly or indirectly lead to it. And so we're once again back to the free will problem. And in a sort of related note, I I want us to just conduct another thought exercise. This is the week for it, I guess. 
I want us to step through this uh, scenario with me here. This is one that I I can't claim. My my professor in uh, in grad school offered this up, and it just it stuck with me. It's so powerful because I think it helps illustrate the point that again we don't really have solid answers, and this really shouldn't be left up to us. So the scenario would go something like this. Let's say that we do pick a specific. Uh, example of a child who has died. Let's say that we have a child who died from a uh, disease, let's say. The the line of thinking would go like this. So we have this child who died of this disease specifically, and we would all look at that and we would say, that's bad. It shouldn't happen. Why would God allow that? But if we step back and we ask the question, it's not just it's not just this child, is it? I mean, if we're being for being honest, like we wouldn't want any child to die from this disease, would we? It's not just this child that we wouldn't want to die from this disease. No child should die from this particular disease. And I think everyone would agree with that. But it's not just this disease, is it? Should should children be allowed to die from all other diseases except this one? Well, no, we wouldn't want any children to die from any disease, would we? Of course we wouldn't. And so now let's back it up even further. Well, if no children are allowed to die from any disease, not just this one, not just this child, what about things like accidents? Are we okay with children not dying from any diseases, but accidents are okay? Well, no, we don't want accidents either. What about murder? Are we allow, or Are we okay with that? No, we're not. And the point is, is that when we really start to back it up, we're not okay with any child dying from any cause whatsoever. And so the question needs to be posed, up until what age should children be invincible? Because that really is what we're asking for at this point, isn't it? And while you're thinking about that, again, any age you pick is going to be completely arbitrary. Think about the repercussions of what it would be like if God did do that. Think about what would happen to people who, until, let's just say, the age of 13, were literally indestructible and nothing could happen to them. What happens the day after that indestructibility ends? They're going to die in massive numbers because they've grown up living in a world without consequences. They've grown up. Can you imagine what it would be like to have a two-year-old that you can just roughhouse with as hard as you want? I mean, throw up against the wall, chuck down the stairs, bounce up and down, drop off a building, and they think it's hilarious because two-year-olds think everything like that is hilarious. What happens when they turn 14 and they decide to try something like that? At the very best case scenario, they're going to end up in the hospital. Worst case, they die because they've grown up in a world where they don't have to consider cause and effect or think about any of the consequences. It's It's not a real scenario. That if people are going to die at all, children necessarily have to be part of that equation. And we have to ask the question, then what else would we have God do? Other than what has happened, realistically, what else would we have had God do? The way I see it, God has basically three options. If we don't like this, if we don't like death, and none of us do, God could have chosen not to create anyone. That seems like it's on the table. He could have just not created. Alternatively, he could have created robots. He could have created people who only do the right thing all the time, except that's not free will. 
And anyone who loves God as a result of that also isn't freely loving God. They're just doing what they were programmed to do. Or God could create a world very much like the one that you and I find ourselves in. A world where we do have free will, but we also, with it, have the freedom to abuse that freedom and that free will, and we can make bad choices. Sometimes choices that harm others, including children. So I've harped a lot on free will, and Brady and I have had discussions on free will, and so we're finally going to get to this question, is free will actually worth it? How valuable is it, really? Is it actually worth all this death, all this destruction, all this heartache? Really? It can't possibly be worth that much. Well, that's what we're going to get into next week. So I hope you'll join me 